Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen in our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We are made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community. All right, Brian, come on up here. Move this one back. There we go. It's all right. All right, good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's nice and comfortable in your living room or wherever you're set up. Before we get going, Brian, you got some some tech stuff for us while I get set yeah. up here. You say tech stuff and I turn off my ears. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, if you are like me, uh, I would hope that you l- enjoy a good watching experience because I know we know you're at home right now. We wish you guys could be with us, uh, but the reality is we want to continue to produce the best broadcasts possible. Um, so I don't know if you noticed, but if you did, uh, we are now streaming uh, on YouTube Live. And uh, the reason we're doing that is to continue to um, enhance your viewing experience um, to make sure there's no buffering issues, no audio issues. Um, But if you have any issues at all, we love your feedback. We love to hear from you. Uh, We actually heard from you. That's why we made a switch. Um, So if you have any feedback at all, text our number. It's the same number that we've been putting out. It's 970-717-0087. And it should be in the description description of the video in case you want to chime in during the uh, the service. Uh, any questions, comments, prayer requests, testimonies? Uh, we'd love to hear it all, and we, we're going to do our best to interact with you guys uh, on this digital age. Um, so go ahead and send send your texts in. Fantastic. Wonderful. And I just want to say a big thank you to Brian Matthew and Chris Henderson is back in the back. They have spent some hours getting all of our uh, online stuff going. So thanks, guys. Great, great work on getting all this done. Hope you're doing well out there. Uh, here we are again. Well, who knows how long we'll be in this format, but we're going to take the take advantage of it, do the best we can uh, in these times. Uh, I want to just say a couple things, a couple announcements before we dive into the Word this morning. But uh, coming up this Wednesday in the Hebrew calendar, this Wednesday is Passover, the beginning of Passover. So uh, you'll be getting in the email that goes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, information about how to join in on a live Seder dinner, a Passover dinner. The Passover was the where communion begun, where Jesus had the Last Supper with the disciples on the, before he went to the cross uh, for Easter week and Resurrection Sunday. And uh, this is a wonderful uh, group. Out of, I think they're out of North Carolina or something, but some folks in our body are friends with them, and uh, they're going to You'll be able to tune right in during this this Passover. It's a wonderful thing to do with your family. Also, if you go to this Facebook uh, address that we'll send you in the in the email tomorrow, you can find actually a grocery list. You can have the Seder, the uh, uh, dinner along with them while you're viewing, which would be just a really great experience for uh, for us to have with our family. So, just uh, give it. We'll send that out to you. And let me just say, if you're watching, you're just tuning in for the first time. Or something, or you're not getting our weekly email with all the information. Just encourage you to send in, uh, send an email to info i n f o at ccaspen.com. Info at ccaspen.com, uh, and just let us know you'd like to receive the email with all this information, and we'll get you on the list for all that. Something yeah, and a little update. I forgot to mention this with the tech stuff. Um, 
We are streaming on Facebook Live, I mean, Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube Live, a few comments that we got during first service, uh, you can actually download a YouTube app on, usually smart TVs have a YouTube, YouTube app. So if you're sitting in your living room, the app, full screen, big TV, it's That's awesome. Cool. Um, but it does us a big favor if you can hit the subscribe button. Uh, there's some features that YouTube Live only gives when you have a certain number of subscribers. So if you're watching on YouTube, if you can just hit that subscribe button, that would really help us out. Thank you. Fantastic. That'd be great. So uh, you'll be getting that, the Passover uh, celebration on Wednesday, this Wednesday. Um, what else about the Passover? I was, oh, it, it's live, so they're doing it on the East Coast. It begins at, f at 7, so it will be 5 p.m. Uh, our time. Uh, just so you know, Wednesday, if you want to put that on your calendar. Second thing is many of you know Dan Kale and Dan who heads up Trailhead Ministries in the Valley. Uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, Christian counseling service. Uh, they've done such a great, he and his team doing such a great job. And on the email we send out tomorrow as well, there'll be information in there. He's offering some incredible online uh, opportunities. Uh, so we just want to make that available to our folks. If you know anybody who's just really struggling and really needs some help and would really like professional type help, is uh, please pass this information on to him. Dan and his team do just an amazing, amazing job. So that information will be going out as well um, about Trailhead Counseling. Um, I think that is... Oh, and uh, also a week on April 15th, which would be a week from this Wednesday, we're going to uh, launch a live prayer and ministry service, which will um, happen here uh, in the live, in, it will be broadcast from here. We really want to uh, really take this time to pray as, as, a, as a church body, invite others into that uh, prayer and ministry time. So we'll let you know more about that as it's coming as well. Okay, I think that's all the announcements. Um, anything else on your end before we dive in here this morning. Yeah, uh, we had a prayer request come in uh, in between services, so I just kind of want to honor that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I know there's a lot of people affected by the coronavirus right now, um, and so one of the things we love to do is uh, lift you up by name. So if you have someone who's affected, yeah. whether that's loss of job, whether that's um, symptoms of COVID-19, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so we got a text in um, from the Shirk family, and Cody Shirk's uh, mom and stepdad have both have symptoms. Mm. Uh, so if we can just be lifting them up. Why don't you do that for us right now? Absolutely. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, sometimes we just forget the magnitude of what we're going through, and Lord, we need to cling to you. Uh, Lord, we just lift up right now um, Tara and Dan. Lord, that uh, we know that they are in your hands, that you are the great physician. And Lord, anyone else affected in our valley, in our nation, in our, in our whole world, God, that you are the one who can heal. Uh, Lord, so we lift them up. Lord, we ask that you would just uh, do mighty things, uh, that we have testimony in your name. Uh, Lord, so I just pray that you'd protect the families of Crossroads Church. Pray that you'd protect uh, the church's parents, that you would just um, heal them of, of this disease and these symptoms. God, that they would uh, feel your peace right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Brian. Please send you your, your requests, and we would love to, to pray for them. If we don't get time during the live time, that we'll definitely pass them. Uh, we'll pray for them and get. We have a, still our minist our prayer ministry team is still obviously praying throughout the week. So, okay. Well, I hope that you have your Bible and your journal. I pray that you'll bring that to these times together and be ready to dive into the Word of God. Uh, we're going to talk this morning about this big question: uh, How do we get God's attention? 
uh, boy, I think in many ways God has our attention, or is he definitely getting it? But, boy, how about this question? How do we get God's attention? Uh, we're going to drill into this this morning. I think from the people I've been talking to and just in my own time in the Word is we have more time now. I've, I've spent more time in the Old Testament probably than ever before. Uh, just can't get away from it. And everybody I'm talking to, it seems like the church and many is, is there's just this focus on the Old Testament. And it's amazing how in times like these that that's the case. The, the Psalms are renewed and the prophets are renewed in, in many ways. And so I, I hope that you will take time to, since we have some extra time, to, to really drill in and take some time in the Word of God. If you're out there and you're watching and maybe you've never read the Bible and you, you don't know what it's all about, I just encourage you with a couple of great resources. Well, primarily one, which is called the Daily Audio Bible. Uh, it's an app you can download. You can listen to the Bible. It's a year-long process to listen to the Bible, or it gives you the text as well. It's a phenomenal tool. There's many out there like that are really good. But uh, really dive in. If you need any help with that, we're here. We'd love to engage with you and help you with that as well. So that's just one of many wonderful tools. But I want to begin our time. I'm just going to throw out a bunch of big questions on this idea of how do we get God's attention. We're going to deal with 2 Chronicles 7, 13, or 14. This verse, you've seen it, you've heard it, because everybody's talking about it during this time. So I wanted us to take this morning to really break it down and talk about it as a, as a church community. Um, but before we do that, it raises all kinds of big questions. So let me just throw out some of these questions. And again, as you get things, feel free to text them in to Brian, and, and we'll try to do our best here online to, to talk, uh, deal with those, or, or afterwards we'll deal with it throughout the week. Um, so here's a couple questions. What are these tough times doing for your understanding of the vast love of God in Christ Jesus? How is this tough time? What is happening in your heart, inside all of our hearts, during this time when it comes to our understanding of the love of God? Big question. What do you think? Is this just another short-term annoyance to our lifestyle and our agenda and our schedule, our routine? Or is there something much bigger going on right now? What do you think? How do you believe God is involved in this coronavirus? Or do you? How do you think God is involved with the coronavirus in this whole pandemic that is going on around the world? Where is your soul in this journey of fear and faith? Where is your soul in this journey of fear and faith? How are you handling that? How are you growing? How are you dealing with this, this combination, this struggle of fear and faith right during these times? There's many other questions that we could throw out, but I'll just throw those out to get us going. We're going to tag some of that here this morning as we get into Second Chronicles <clears throat> chapter 7. But uh, uh, I just, um, if, if other questions come to your mind, uh, send them in or testimony as well would be, would be great. So obviously we've entered into a time where we have a whole, in a matter of weeks, right, we, we have a whole slew of new terms that we're dealing with that we've never heard, or at least I haven't heard of some of these, these terms before. We have coronavirus and COVID-19, which is just now kind of, uh, it's, it's all we're talking about, isn't it? Um, all this new terminology. Social distancing. I mean, we have signs now, official signs around the, all the, you walk or hike anywhere here, there's one coming into town. It's like, it's state law, social distancing, you know. Um, I've never heard that term before. I'm sure it's been around, but uh, pandemic. I mean, 
I think the only time I, I remember hearing that is watching some horror movie or something maybe, right? But, but not something we normally have talked about, right? Terminology or community spread, right? That's, you know, it's not some spam or something like that. I mean, it's a whole nother deal, right? C- c- you know, community spread, whatever. New term, shelter in place. How about that? Um, Again, I think that's a technical term, but I've never heard it before, yeah. right? I mean, right. right, and it's not that we're belittling these com- the terms, but they're just yeah. very new, very right. new, very all, new. all kinds of new terms. So, in light new of reality, really, a new reality. So, in light of all those new terms out there, I want to throw a new term in there for us all this morning. And oh, I have it on the screen here. I, I'm falling behind. Here it is: HPST. That's not some disease or anything. It is how to get God's attention. HPST, and we're going to see what that stands for here this morning. But I, I just want you to hold. Hopefully, that helps you remember uh, the the H, which stands for to humble ourselves before God. The S or the P stands for to be people of prayer. The S stands for to be those who seek the face of God. And the T stands for those, we're to be those who turn, right, from our, our wicked way and repent and turn back to God. Uh, H-P-S-T. It could be, honestly, folks, the most important term that any of us uh, know or pursue uh, in a lifetime. And so uh, let's drill in this morning on this this. This term and, and understand why this is so important. I'm going to start. We've been in this series in the book of Jonah. And so I'm going to be back in chapter 3 of Jonah. And we're going to bounce out of, of Jonah chapter 3 and go to Second Chronicles 7. Because Jonah chapter 3 sets the stage. It perfectly illustrates um, this promise that we're going to look at in Second uh, Chronicles. I want to start, though, in verse 1 of Jonah. Just a little background. Those of you who are joining us in this series in the book of Jonah, the prophet... Jonah. Uh, Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible, and um, it, uh, it, he, as we've been looking at, he, he received this word from God, and he refused, and he ran from God. Uh, he got onto a ship, a storm came, Jonah goes overboard, gets eaten by a fish three days, and he repents inside the belly of the fish, gets right with God, God spits him, or the fish spits him out, right, and, he, and God comes back to him again with a second chance, back to his call to bring this message to the Ninevites, who were the arch enemies of Israel. So I want to start in verse 1, uh, chapter 1 of Jonah, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up against, uh, be, up before me. Now to chapter 3. When the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Amazing. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and and published it throughout the city. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And let, um, uh, 
and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that, they, so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Pretty amazing. Uh, what's, what's several amazing things about this story in the Bible, but the, the reality that this entire very pagan, they were the arch enemies of, of Israel, and that they actually heeded the prophetic preaching word of a Jewish prophet walking among their city, uh, professing doom, is staggering. And not just some of the people, all the way up to the king, the main leader calls a, a fast, calls the entire city, it was a vast city, to repentance and turn to God that they might not be destroyed. Uh, absolutely amazing. And he calls them to a fast. This is a lot worse than just shelter in place. Calls them to not, don't eat and drink, right? And we think maybe up to 40 days even. And of course, the, the Hebrew fast was from sun up to sundown. Uh, amazing, amazing work and, and a reviving and awakening that took place here in Nineveh. Well, let's, let's uh, flip over to uh, 2 Chronicles. just want to make a connection here, and we're going to spend our time breaking down 2 Chronicles 7, 13, or 14 this morning. A little background here. 2 Chronicles, during this, this season here, is King Solomon has just completed the temple. Uh, it, it's, it's vast, it's, it's glorious, it's the height of its beauty, and, and, and the presence of God had just come and filled the temple. If, if you have time, please go read uh, the, ver the chapters right or, uh, in before and after uh, chapter 7. It, it's amazing. And uh, Solomon, after he's dedicated the temple, he's praying to, to God, and this is part of his exchange with God, and now this is God speaking to him, starting at verse 13, this is, this is God speaking. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. An amazing promise of God. Now, I want to just throw out a couple questions here before we move on because I think it's real important for us to understand that this promise in the Old Testament is one that we can have full confidence in and hold on to during these times because there's some who think that this is an Old Testament, that this only applies maybe to Israel, that it, it's not applicable for us today so much. And so I want to just to, to, to uh, kind of talk about that a little bit just so we do understand that this is a universal principle of how God has worked with His people, Old Testament, New Testament, throughout uh, the history of the world and that this promise stands and is connected to the glory of the gospel in the New Testament of God's desire, always his desire to, to come and to see his people, to see all people come to him. That's uh, in Timothy that tells us that God's desire, his heart is always that, that all of us would turn and, and come to him. And he's been working throughout history, right, to get people's hearts there. And when 
we harden our hearts, when we suppress the truth of God over and over again, there's a point where our evil, where our running against God's commands, running against, even as a nation, against what God has commanded, there comes a time, like we see in Nineveh, that God brings about a wake-up call to that nation or to those people or to the church is he brings a wake-up call for, uh, for people's hearts to, right, to return back to him. And so just a, a couple things <clears throat> on here that we need to just raise confidence uh, that this is a true promise we can hold on to that I want us to, to look at and talk about is in just raising this question to think about is, is God, does he judge the nations today as he did in the Old Testament. When you're reading your Bible and you see all the stuff going on with the nations, all that God commanded Israel to do against the nations and the nations to do against Israel, I mean, is that still going on right today? Uh, and I think it's important to understand that the New Covenant, the New Testament they're in since Jesus, is that God is not working primarily through Israel any longer. He is primarily working through His church, His redeemed people who are now are among all the nations, all tongues, tribes, and people, carrying out the original mission that God gave to Israel in the beginning, which was to be a light to the world. But the Old Testament shows that they failed at that. And so today is that God is not uh, um, primarily moving through Israel to bring judgment and show his glory to the nations. He's moving through his church. Uh, now that does not mean because we see in the scripture, even Jesus in Revelation says he'll bring judgment on his church. If his church uh, loses its first love, if his church is not obedient to his commands, and in turn he'll bring, uh, he'll bring wake-up calls not just to the church but to individuals we see the church in as well to cities and nations. He is concerned about what's going on. He wants the hearts of his children to follow him. So any, any thoughts on that uh, at all before we dive in here a little further? No, I think they're, uh, they're still half asleep. Make sure you text in your comments questions, <laughs> 970-717-0087. Anything that pertains to the message, or even if it doesn't, you have a question or a comment or testimony, yeah. uh, we're going to do our best to address that too. Yeah. That's great. And, and I know that's kind of a big concept, and, and well, we could go deep into that, that issue just about how God is working. But I, I just throw that out this morning simply to think about because there is this whole movement that's happening actually in the West here in America that the people are, are kind of setting aside the Old Testament and they're thinking, oh, that God's different back then than he was in the New Testament. That is terrible theology, and it's very dangerous to understand God is the same Jesus I'm this he's the same yesterday today and forever and God purposes he moves differently yes he the ten, things happen differently throughout the world but he's the same and and his heartbeat is the same and his grace and his love is the same and so it's important for us to have confidence right that we can come to this 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 passage in second chronicles and take it as a real promise of God so let me just dive in on this HPST and start with this this issue of, of what does it mean to humble ourselves. And gang, I, um, I really hope we as a church will take this serious uh, and, and as individuals, as a church body, and, and to really uh, evaluate our heart when it comes to prayer and to humbling ourselves before God on these things. He says, if my people, if they'll humble themselves, and I want to just along with uh, this just I give you a promise and some of these these promises for us to hold on to some of these are some of my life verses that I have uh, uh, boy held on to during this time 
But this one is out of 1 Peter 5.4. And folks, we know from the beginning of the Bible to the end, it's very consistent. The thing that gets God's attention, if we want his attention, the, the thing that he happens that he moves right to, uh, from heaven and earth and, and everything to come for strong aid and help to his people, even an individual, is if that person, if that church, if that city, if that nation will humble themselves before him. Um, I, uh, we were talking at, at, in between services and somebody brought up the question of, um, <clears throat> or I think it was somebody who texted in, the, the question of, well, should we, is it not humble to, to really work hard towards a vaccination? And of course not. It, is we need to, those, all of medicine, all technology, all of these things are gifts from God. Uh, it is the heart of why, how we're doing this, the heart of how we're going about finding a vaccination. God's people should be praying uh, for the medical community. We should be lifting up the medical. We should be praying for great wisdom to be poured out so we can get that faster, more, more clearly, right, out there to, to our people. It, it's about the heart. So the issue is if, I, if, I, if that's the only thing I'm holding on to, and folks, we see that in our nation. We see this, this communication. We can do this. We can do this, which is fine. But below that, is that a pride? Is that a sense that mankind, that we think without God, that we can... Uh, do all these things and reject and not uh, give him the glory and the thanks for these wonderful blessings that he's given us, right, to be able to fight these things. So humility is such a key thing. All through scripture we see that God desires his people to be humble. And these events like this coronavirus, it is caused the first thing we should do is evaluate our hearts. Lord, search my heart, God. And um, this first Peter, you had something there? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's a little more lighthearted. Oh, so good. talking about humility, yeah. uh, someone just texted in, and hopefully you receive this well in, in humility, yeah. and says that Steve needs to grow his beard back. <laughs> so thank you for whoever sent that in. Uh, that yeah. Is... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, okay. Well, good. I'm glad that we're... <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, maybe I have more wisdom when I have all my gray, right? So thanks for that. Um, so, First uh, Peter 5, 7. Listen to this, gang. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What an awesome promise, right? Is but I, I think, folks, that when, in good times, uh, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I can speak generally too, in good times, the, the idea that maybe God is opposed to us is I think in good times what happens is we just over-focus on the grace and love of God and we miss the holiness and justice of God. This is another thing that God is doing. When, when tough times hit, when trials hit, and all the things we just read here, when the locusts are sent, when the pestilence is sent, when the, the drought is sent, is God is trying to get the attention, right, of, of us. Now, let me just step back and just say, is Satan involved in all that? Yes, he is. Is God involved? Yes, because God is sovereign and nothing happens outside of his watchful care. All evil in the world ultimately is a result of free will out of balance. He's given us, created us with his choice. And we have every bit of evil can be tied to in this world, uh, ultimately the result of, of our choices that have gone, um, uh, have set a storm, right, in this world, all the way back to, to Adam and Eve. And 
we see this, this idea that, wow, God, and, and remember, First Peter, this, five, this passage, this is, this is God to his church, to his people. And he says, God's opposed to the proud. So even those of us who know him, we can go through seasons, even a day or a thought or something where we get prideful, we get confidence, self-confidence, and we can put ourselves in opposition to God. What happened right when Peter and Jesus, uh, uh, and <clears throat> when Jesus told, one of the first times that he told the disciples, he needs to go to the cross, he needs to die for our sins. Remember, Peter stood and said, Lord, we'll never let that happen to you. What did, what did Jesus say? It was strong. He says, Satan, get behind me. It was at that point, Peter was in the opposition to God and to Jesus and the plan of God. And so I think we need to understand humility is absolutely key, the position of our heart towards God and our dependence um, on Him. So that's, that's humility. And let me just read a couple of things here. When I was just thinking about enduring on this with my own heart of uh, asking God to come reveal, Lord, where, where are my prideful strongholds? Lord, reveal those to me. And um, it's humbling when our life and plans get disrupted. It's humbling, isn't it? It's humbling when we are sick and we're dependent on others. It's very humbling. It's humbling when we are faced with huge unknowns, isn't it? It's humbling when we're, we feel out of control. It's humbling when we lose our job. Extremely humbling. It's humbling when we have to ask for help. Because right? we are a very independent, we are a very self-made uh, people, right? We don't like asking for help. All of this is going on is that God will do what it takes to, to, to bring about an awakening among his people that brings about a healthy sense of humility. So the question is, in all of these things, am I going to be, are we going to be humble? Are we going to heed God's uh, promises and learn what it looks like to, to pursue humility um, so that we can pursue, per, uh, pursue healthy prayer and we can get God's attention and that our prayers, right, might be answered by him. We had an answer to one of your first questions that you brought up. I know yeah. you had a list, uh, but it was an answer to the question, what is God doing in this? Yeah. Uh, and though I, I respectfully disagree, they wrote, uh, things we worship, namely professional sports, have been shut down, enabling us to turn back to God and worship him alone. Mm-hmm. And is great, uh, although I am still sad that professional sports are shut down. <laughs> You're grieving, but, huh? You're mourning. Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of am too, honestly. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, folks, you just think about what's going on here. In the last, like a swoop in weeks, right? I mean, just in the last three weeks, right? Or is it four now? I don't know. But, but in just the last few weeks, you have, look what's happened to the stock market. Confidence in, in that. I mean, no one would have ever, no, not, no model out there had that, that, that uh, market fall, right? And, and and the sports, did anybody ever imagine that the, you know, the amount of time and money uh, that are spent on sports in our nation is colossal? Uh, I, you just have to wonder. Is God saying, you know what, I've had enough. I, I need to bring about a little wake-up call, a little discipline. I need to have that American church starts with the church. Say, you know, uh, do you honor me on Sunday or do you honor the idol of sports? There's no question, right, that, that that's something that, that's going on here, right? Um, and we have to humbly really evaluate that. And there's several other things we could down the list that have just been really wiped away, right, in, in many ways. Isn't it fascinating? Families are spending more time together now around a table than ever before. Do you think that's important to God? Absolutely it's important to God, right? And um, so, I mean, it's, it, it's important for us to really 
look at these. And, and let me just say, I think it's critical that we don't. There's plenty of doomsayer, you know, fire and brimstone kind of things out there today. It's, we have to always hold, feel, to do good theology and to do justice to the Bible, two things in our hands. One, that God never question God's love and his goodness, right? At the same time, we never to question his judgment and his justice. You have to have both of these together, both true, right? God is sovereign. I have to hold that. At the same time, we have free will. Both of these are true. They don't look like they go together, but I have to hold them as truths, right? And that's what faith is all about, right? It's trusting God in all those things. Something yeah. else? Yeah, and going more off your topic of humility, uh, we had two actually that kind of coincide. So the first one says, as I examine my own life from time to time, I find pride at the core of my relational difficulties. So pride's the one that's Whew. interfering. Gosh, uh, well, let me stop on that because yeah. that, that'd be a whole sermon, but don't let me go oh, too yeah. long. That is brilliant. Whoever wrote that in is, uh, and I had a similar thing with, with me, is that if there's pride, if, if I have self, if I'm self-confident, that is not going to, not only is that going to put me in an opposition with God, right? That's not going to go well with my relationship with Him, but it is ultimately going to corrupt every single uh, horizontal, every single relationship I have with somebody, it is going to eat at and is not going to be a healthy relationship. So that's... That's, that's, and I think if any of us, we talk about whether it's in our marriage or parenting or friendship, is, boy, the first step, right, towards healing oftentimes is, is a fresh jolt of humility, right? Be, which begins by saying, you know what? Lord, I need to hear. I need to hear about my role in this. I need to hear about what, what I need to fix, what I need to take before God, right? Yeah, and this next one was a quote from C.S. Lewis. Nice. And as C.S. Lewis puts it, true humil humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a great, great quote. Thanks for that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, let's move on. That's the H of our HPST. Um, the P is prayer. If my people will pray. And remember, I don't know if I already said it or not, but these four things, humility, prayer, seeking the face of God, and turning from our evil ways, these are not four separate things. Uh, they all must go together, right? And uh, that, that's real important. And so the P, prayer. And this is, gang, I, I just so excited about this passage. This is one of, I've been holding on, I think, every day, middle of the night, whatever it is, when I, when I get fearful or start, you know, get bad news. Gang, let me give you this passage. This is rock-solid blessing to hold on to during this time. Fear not, for I am with you, God says. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Who is at the right hand of the Father right now? It's Jesus, right? And look what God has done from the Old Testament to the New. His righteous right hand is his goodness. It's his power. It's his ability, right, for no one to, uh, to conquer, right? And look at his love. It, from his righteous right hand is Jesus, who is the right hand, is in God's heart, in Jesus' heart, in the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in their heart from the beginning was to redeem us, was to uh, do something we could never do right for ourselves. For, hold on to that promise when we uh, learn how to pray. When you get fearful, just pray this. Fear not. I am with you. Right? I mean, it's amazing uh, it's just amazing promise, right, to start to hold on to. When we feel dismayed, no, God, you're my God, right? And, and he promises he will strengthen us. He promises that he will be there, right, to help us and uphold us. 
So one of the things just in my journey here in the last couple weeks personally is I tell you what's become very apparent to me is that I do not have a prayer life adequate for these times. I do not have a prayer life adequate for these times. And I, I think I can generalize that I don't think the church does either. I think part of this awakening, part of what God wants to see happen is a, a, a renewal of dependence. He longs for us to pursue him. He longs. Remember, he, Jesus said his house, his church, it is to be a house of prayer primarily. But we're a busy people. And uh, I know in my own life, it's, it's hard to make time for prayer. This is part of what God is doing in this. And that he's always done throughout history is to renew a communication right, with his people, that we would turn to him in humility, right, and in prayer. Um, you might be sitting out there and saying, I, I hear you, Steve, but I'm struggling. I don't know how to pray. I, 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 I just, maybe you're out there and you just haven't even known what to pray or how to pray during these times. Let me encourage you, just a simple thing is start praying the Psalms. The Psalms are the, the it's the schoolhouse of prayer. And it's in times like these that these psalms, the psalms come alive. They are more relevant now in these times than in, let's just say, the good, comfortable times. It is, they are right to the heart. And just start there in the psalms. I'm going to give you a, a couple psalms here this morning right, for us to hold on to in this time. And also James 5. Let's not forget this massive promise. James 5 says, the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Elijah, one of the Old Testament prophets, one of the greatest, most powerful prophets, says a man just like you. And he prayed and it didn't rain and he prayed again and it rained. Is that God's people can, all these things that God said he would do uh, in bringing, that we read in, in 2 Chronicles, that he's, God says, when I, right, bring the pestilence, right, when I withhold the rain, bring famine, when I bring the, the locust, right, is if my people will pray, I'll, I'll turn. Is the power, tie this to the other promise in James, in the New Testament, James 5, a righteous person, his power uh, to change the weather, even to change the, the context of coronavirus or anything else, these are promises God desires to see his people plead before him because his heart is to relent. His heart is to bring mercy and grace that all people of all nations around the world would, uh, would experience the grace of Jesus and understand uh, who he is. So let's, let's be people of prayer and hold on to these, these massive, massive promises that we have in the scripture. So that's the P. We have H, humility, P. If my people will pray, the third one's if my people will seek my face. Um, so this is just personal language, gang. This is this God desires us to come right at. Him. When we talk about seeking someone's face, the language is very intimate. Our face is one of the most personal things that we have, and God desires us to go after His face to to seek Him. And when you go after somebody's face, is that that is a undistracted completely present approach to someone to look them in the eye. This is what God desires from his children, is a undistracted approach, right, to, to our seeking him and his ways. God wants to be known. He wants to know us. He wants intimate fellowship with us. These kind of things happen to bring about spiritual awakening. And folks, we are in desperate need as a nation, as a world, uh, for spiritual awakening today. Let's pray these things that the God would bring this about, that we would see a great awakening right today. It's beginning with his people, beginning with the church, God's people. Yeah, you said uh, that 
bring or this happens so it can bring about a spiritual awakening and it's great but we actually had a question come in and asked is it important to know whether god caused this or allowed this yeah. pandemic can we know this and yeah. in god's sovereignty does he not always constrain and control such things for his purposes Did, what's the last part in god's sovereignty does he not always constrain and control such things for his purposes yeah yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. And that's a big discussion, but I think the, the issue of cause and allow is technical stuff. Uh, we could get in, go down that theological hole, but I, I think across the board, what we have to understand is God is not God. We do injustice to theology and, who, and His might and His glory if we infringe ever upon His sovereignty. God is aware of everything. Nothing, even the devil and all of the evil that the devil carries out is still, as we see in the book of Job, it is still under the watchful eye of God. God puts limits on all that. He has a grand purpose, because he's God, that we don't understand. Uh, that we see even in Job, that Job, right, part of his confession, his humility and repentance was, Lord, I've, I've tried to think about things too wonderful for me, right? Uh, only things that are of God. And so uh, I think what's important is that to understand that God is sovereign. He's got this. Uh, he's in control. Nothing's outside of his hands, his watchful hand in his purpose. We might not understand why he causes something um, at first, but he does tell us in the New Testament over and over again some pretty powerful things that he has revealed to his people by the Spirit of God through revelation, um, things that are happening. Uh, Amos 3.7, Amos is another little minor prophet. I I'm blown away by this little, uh, this little passage. God says he does nothing that he first doesn't reveal to his people, the prophets. Wow. And we see this throughout history is when he does something, he reveals it to his people. Uh, the people who are seeking him, his face, and wanting to hear, God, what, what you're doing. He's given us the word of God, and he's given us tons and tons of clear prophecy and revelation of, of what God's done in the past, what he's going to do in the future. And we're to live life expecting God to speak to us and give us clarity on all these things that are coming. Sometimes in life, we, we, God does reveal to us why he's done certain things. A lot of times, by faith, we just have to stay faithful to his promises in the midst of that storm or that time, just not knowing um, what's going on. My own personal opinion is that, um, is God behind the coronavirus? Well, it, it didn't surprise him, right? Is, is he the one that un unleashed this? Well, he definitely allowed it. He had to, out of his sovereignty. Is the enemy involved? At, always, right? There's a, a spiritual battle going on. But what I know, and I, I believe with all my heart, is that this is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call for, let's just speak of our own nation, but definitely for the world. This is a wake-up call primarily for the church in America, I believe, a wake-up call to heed these things that we're talking about here uh, to, to get back to really seeking God's face. Um, uh, I think we have preached and held on to a very weak gospel in America, a very, very weak gospel. We've, we've highlighted the grace and love of God, but we've done injustice to the holiness and the justice of God. Uh, and, and God will not let that go on too long in, uh, in, inside His church. We are more like the world in the church today than... Uh, than like Christ. Uh, God is not going to let that go on too long. We see from Jesus' letters to the churches in Revelation. So I think we can say that God is definitely a part of this. Uh, the hope and the blessing in this is that God has and desires to bring blessing, to heal our land, to heal his church, and to do something uh, amazing. He wants his presence to reside with us in a powerful way. So let's uh, move on to the... To the uh, uh, 
well, I think, oh, let me read. I'm sorry, I didn't read this. This is Seek My Face. This is Psalm 27. Beautiful psalm, folks, about David's heart for the face of God. And this is just a couple of the verses. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Uh, you have said, seek my face. And David says, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you, when you have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God. O God of my salvation. We need to learn how to pray like that. Part of these times is a re restoration of honest, heartfelt, just pure uh, prayer, right, to God. And again, as I said, we, we, we need to learn to pray the Psalms. And so this is a beautiful, the whole Psalm 27 during this time could be a, a psalm used to pray, Lord, I, let me seek your face, right? So that's the yes of what God desires from us. The final one is, is turn from our, our wicked ways, just repentance. Um, and this isn't just being sorry that we've, we've done something or that we got caught or that we're guilty. Repentance is an actual turning. As this is what God requires of us, is to turn from our wicked ways, to turn from our selfish ways, to turn from our disobedience from His Word and turn back to Him as individuals and obviously as a church. And then hopefully, right, we'll see that awakening broaden to the larger nation, right, itself. This is one of my favorite passages um, that, again, just a life verse of mine. It was given to me early on uh, in, the, in, the, in the battle against sin, and, and I've held on to it for, for many, many years. This is the last part of Psalm 139. Again, David says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. That is a humble heart. Right? That, that is a heart that knows how to pray. That is a heart that is seeking the face of God. That is, that is a heart that is ready to repent and, and turn. And part of this process is just taking the time to be honest before God and really invite Him in. Invite exposure of my soul. God, you just search me. Lord, if there's any thought, if there's anything here that is, is out of line with you, Lord, show me. And we have to take time to really listen, right, to God to, to speak to us and to reveal those things and then take action on it. And it could be saying we're, you know, coming and asking someone to forgive us or saying we're sorry and making amends somehow with others. It could just be our, our relationship with him. But almost always when God reveals something that's wrong with him is that we, it, it flows over to something we need to make right, right, with others uh, around us. Um, as well. So I, I just know in my own life, uh, there's been several things, even just these last few weeks of just really meditating on this passage that God, uh, he just, he keeps kind of, it's like that onion. He just keeps peeling back our soul. He wants to get right to the heart of things with us because he's a loving God and he knows best for us, right, in, in this process. So that is the HPST. That is how we get God's attention. And we see it all through the scripture. It's consistent from the beginning to the end. Old Testament, New Testament is if we want to get his attention, right? The prayer of a righteous person, in other words, availeth much, right? Is able to accomplish much. Well, um, that, that is a righteous person is a person who understands the HPST, has tried to walk in that in their life. We have this idea somehow today that if we just pray that God is, is going to listen to us and uh, that, that is not the case. Scripture is very clear that um, he's opposed to the prideful. He's opposed to those who are walking in disobedience, right? And it, it infringes upon our, our ability to pray and to, to get his attention, right, in, in what we're asking for. So before we wrap up, any, anything on your, your end there? 
Yep. Uh, a few questions that you can kind of pick through because there's a lot of them coming in. Thank you. Uh, first question: Do you think this is birth pains for the second coming? Nice. And the uh, quick answer is yes. It is absolutely the birth pain. We're in the. You, if you want to go read, read uh, Matthew 24, it's the Olivet's Disc Discourse, Luke 21. These are the two places that give in the Gospels. Jesus gave uh, clear guidance of when the disciples asked the question, Lord, when is the end going to come? Uh, those two places, and then, of course, those help bridge the gap into Revelation. If you're going to understand Revelation, you need to understand the book of Daniel in the Old Testament first. Uh, all that together if you want to do it. But the birth pains are very clear uh, that Jesus says, look, we're going to see these things. Earthquakes. I mean, everything is happening. Look at the fires in Australia. The locust, largest locust infestation in 100 years in Africa right now. Um, it just go down the earthquake in, I think it was an earthquake in uh, L.A. yesterday, I guess somebody said. Just go down the, all of these things that says they will increase. These are the birth pains. Romans 8 says our creation is groaning, right? It's longing for the redemption of, of, of God's people. And to bring renewal to this earth, something is wrong. It's out of whack. And uh, only God in his timetable knows, knows when that's going to be. So. And then uh, someone else, that was great. Uh, someone else chimed in and said, spiritual isolation is and has been an issue with so many singles in our valley. And now it's even more pronounced. Do you think this is part of the devil's plan? Yeah, so there's no question. That we, we, we all, we, we use this terminology, isolation kills, community builds. So in this time of forced isolation, boy, I tell you, the enemy is at work. We talked about this a few weeks back, even um, on, on Sunday morning. So let me just speak to you. If you're alone out there, let me just encourage you, plead with you. Don't give in to the lies. Don't give in to the depression. Don't give in to the you're alone. Hold on to these promises that, that I've given you. Especially, I would say, hold on to Isaiah 41.10 that we saw. It says, fear not. I, I am with you, God says, right wherever you're at. If you're alone, feeling isolated, just hold on to that promise. Let it sink deep into your soul. He is there to help you. Do not be dismayed, depressed, all of that, right? For he's your God, and he cares for you. Go to the other passage that we looked at um, in First Peter is that, uh, man, cast your cares upon him. He cares for you, right? He cares for you, but it is a battle, it, this the enemy obviously is trying to take advantage of this isolation for his purposes. So uh, let's, let's go after this and let's be available as we can to reach out. Man, if, you, if, if you're out there and you just, what I've been doing when I've been praying, even throughout the day, if somebody's name just flashes across my brain, I stop and I'll just make a text right there and pray for them. And, or a phone call, whatever it is, is just be aware of, be available to God to put a person on your mind. And, and just reach out to them. Reach out to them and, and, and encourage them. This is, this is how we need to help battle this during this time, for sure. Yep. And one last one that just came in, and I believe it's uh, regarding the birth pains that we are talking about earlier, but it's actually a verse out of Second Timothy. Uh, the verse that says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Repre reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And it goes on. And so... Uh, I don't know if that was a comment or if they want to hear more of your thoughts of how that relates. Wow, yeah, we, we could talk a lot about this. I, um, I said earlier that I think this is a wake-up call for the church in America. I believe that, and, and I'm, I'm starting here with me, with us. Um, but we are living in a time where people are more driven by their feelings, 
We're driven by a time where people do not have the ability to listen to the fullness of the gospel. We are driven by a time where churches are more and more under the temptation of tickling people's ears, just giving a good, feel-good message uh, than the, speaking the truth of God, the full counsel. Paul, when he left the elders, when he was on his way to, to Rome to die for our Savior, he told, her, he told them, he said, look, I have no blood on my hands because I have preached the full counsel of God to you. What we know is going on, what people really desire more and more, because we see it in, in America and around the world, is not a full gospel, but is only that piece of the grace and the love, only that piece of what makes me feel good, not the full counsel of God. And Paul says, if the full counsel of God is not preached, the fullness of who God is, his, his yes, his love is grace, but never removed from his holiness, his justice is that there is blood on hands. There is an unfaithfulness to be reckoned with there. So absolutely, that's uh, you know, part of what's, what's going on here. You know, as I was just saying, that I, I think I forgot to mention something in this service. It's really important. Write down, step back one chapter in Second Chronicles to chapter 6. And uh, I just want to point this out. It's really important. This promise that we can take, it says, If my people will HPST, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, I will hear or forgive their sins, right? And I'll heal their land. Is that chapter 6 says, not just my people, is chapter 6 says, actually, even if the foreigner, even if the person like we saw in Jonah, the pagan guys on the ship, they turn from their pagan gods, they turn to God, and they pray, and God hears them. So chapter 6 makes it clear that this is a universal promise to anyone, anywhere, if they turn to God, is that he will, he will listen, he will come to them in powerful aid. Um, the reason why he's saying this, if my people, is because it starts with us. We're the ones that should be walking in, this, in these promises more than others and setting an example Right for others, so I think that's real important to to understand. Is that he's a God that is, uh, his ears are open and attuned to anyone, anywhere who humbles himself and comes and seeks him and cries out to him. Uh, what an amazing God! What an amazing right promise with all that. So just as we close uh, this morning, I, I just want to call our church to a couple things. Um, first of all, I, I hope that we'll take this HPST. I hope that we'll. Uh, really let that sink in. I'm just giving you, hopefully that helps us to remember what that is. I want us to go into a season just individually of just, Lord, seeking Him and asking Him through these verses in these four areas, Lord, prepare my heart to get right with you in these times. Let me not, let this time not be wasted. Let me have the awakening I need to have as an individual during this time, right, to move more healthily forward. And then secondly, us as a church body, as crossroads to say, look, church, let's do this corporately. This process of humility and prayer and seeking his face and public repentance, we, we should, this should manifest itself. And so in two weeks, we're starting that live prayer time here on Wednesday nights. Invite you to join us for that and just send out the testimony, send out the prayers. And let's, let's begin as a church body really crying out to God in these areas and confessing, confessing, repenting before for him of the things individually as well as a church and then when that happens you know what we're in a position now to as James 5 says to be a righteous people a church that is first evaluated our own hearts and now we're able to pray for our nation and hopefully see God's outstretched hand move in a really powerful way for spiritual awakening for healing of our land in a, in a powerful way it's time for a spiritual awakening we desperately need that so let me let me just pray for us 
Again, this line is always open throughout the week. Keep the prayer requests coming in. The ideas coming in. And uh, we'll, we'll journey together. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, your goodness. Lord, we love you, Father. We thank you for your word. Thank you for this amazing pro- promise, Lord. There's so many promises in here. Let us be a people, Lord, that, that take these promises and take them to heart and, uh, and get honest with ourselves before you in your presence, Lord. And uh, Father, I just ask, Lord, that you do a work inside our church, God. Let us be a church that doesn't waste this time, but Lord, first evaluates our own soul with where we're at with you, Lord, and makes the proper adjustments that we need to make, Lord, and truly come with a repentant heart before you, God. And finally, Lord, we just pray for this nation. We pray, Lord, we pray for the medical field. We pray for fast advancement of a vaccine and, and healing. Uh, wisdom, protection over the healthcare workers, Lord. Wisdom for our leaders. Lord, your word says we're to pray for our leaders. Boy, how they need wisdom, Lord. I ask, pour it out. And Lord, we need unity, God. Lord, may we get rid of all this internal battling. Lord, let's unite, Lord, in this battle together. Lord, we just ask that, pray that. And Lord, anybody out there this morning, Lord, who's really just struggling with you, Lord, struggling to to be able to lay hold of of feeling your presence, Lord, I, I pray your Holy Spirit would just move upon them, upon their household. Lord, your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we trust you. We love you. Jesus, your name is above all names. May we bow before you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.